Hello and welcome to this special festive episode of the Hot Copy Podcast. Belinda and I have come back together to roast some chestnuts, neck some eggnog and talk about all things copy. So if you're ready to put up your stockings with us and wait for Father Christmas to slip down your copy chimney, this is the episode for you. Hello, I'm Kate Toon, founder of Stay Tuned Inc., a collection of digital education companies, but at heart, a copywriter. And I am Belinda Weaver. I am a copy coach to aspiring and working copywriters. And Kate, that was a stellar introduction. Thank you. Is it aspiring or perspiring copywriters? It's probably a bit of both, isn't it? Absolutely. They come, they both come with the same territory. They do. Well, hello. <gasps> it's so nice it's- to see your face. I know no one can see us. It's so nice to hear your voice as well. Uh, yes, it's, it's been, been a while. while. When was the last one we did? I can't remember. This year has been like 10 years long. It has been. And we were mid-breakdown each, <laughs> each side when we said, you know what, we need to take a break. Um, it feels like it's been most of the year. Yeah, I think it has been. I don't know. Um, and uh, what a year it's been. We're going to talk a little bit about that on this episode today. We're going to just to set some expectations. We're going to talk about what we've been up to this year. We're going to cover off some things that have happened in our businesses, our memberships, but we've also got some great questions for some from listeners today as well, uh, from uh, both of our memberships and just from people who listen to the podcast. So we're going to go through that as well. It might be a slightly longer episode. You know, we haven't been here for a while. We want to talk to each other. So uh, settle in, uh, grab a sherry. Is a sherry your Christmas tipple or a Bailey's or? No, Frangelico. Frangelico is my Christmas drink. Had. Is that the one that tastes of coffee? No, no, it's an, I think it's hazelnut. It's a hazelnut liqueur and I only ever ah. drink it at Christmas. But since coming to the States and discovering extremely boozy eggnog, eggnog is also now my Christmas drink. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, that's one of the things we want to talk about this, this year. I'm alcohol free now. It's a whole new tune. The look on Belinda's face. <laughs> <laughs> my brain's like, say something nice and supportive. <laughs> Her smile just went. It was- <laughs> Oh, it's hilarious. I love seeing people's reactions. Well, like, let's talk about uh, what's happened this year. This year is 2021, which feels like a dreary extension of 2020. 2020 was a hoot. We thought it'd be a great time to launch our mastermind, mm. which uh, was uh, which was fabulous. And the people in it were just the best humans ever. We're very lucky, but it was very difficult. And so hard. Yeah. And so we'll be honest, in 2021, we wanted to simplify and make life a little bit easier for ourselves. And so we took a little break from the podcast. Who's to say if we will ever come back? I don't know. I miss it now, but sh- we'll talk about that at the end. Belinda, what three, I'm going to give you three mm-hmm. big, interesting, cool, horrible, smelly, amazing, wonderful things happened in 2021. Uh, first category is health. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start with the intense stuff. Okay. So my dad passed away. That was yeah. tough. Mm-hmm. And because we couldn't go home as well. So it was a remote, you know, and I love my mum for setting this up. She made the funeral uh, streamed on the internet. So I got to watch Mm. it from my living room. So that's, you know, modern technology, but that was intense because it was also happened just before a launch. So you have to make these decisions about, do I push on? Do I stop? And And all that kind of stuff. And then um, I did push on, but I also, I reached out to my community and I said, look, this is what's happening. So they all stepped up and supported me, which is why communities are such a good investment, such a good Mm -hmm. investment. Mm -hmm. Um, Then my husband had a heart attack. 
Oh my God. Soon after that. So I can tick calling 911 off my lifetime bucket list. I had five burly firemen in my bedroom, which was. Why did firemen come for a heart attack? Surely you'd want ambulancemen. Firemen were closer. So they were wow. the first, they were the closest one. So it was, there was a lot to process with that. And then Simon also had a back operation. So it's been a big oh. year for health in this family. Oh my God, poor you. What about your health? Um, well, I would say the next thing, self-care focus, like 2020 mm-hmm. just slapped me in the face and went, you need to take some, make some changes, girl, because this is not sustainable. You are not having fun. And so that's what 2021's been for me, a year of self-care, exercise, time for myself without feeling like I need to justify it or have a reason, stuff like that. And I have felt so much better for it. Like I've just really slowed back on the amount of work that I've been doing and things of saying yes to. And of course, school went back. Our school year is August to like May and finishing the year of distance learning and having the kids go back to school. Oh my God. So good. So there was a bit mixed bag of things in there for me. Well, wow, that is a lot to process. I mean, your poor dad, I'm really sorry about that. My dad is um, very poorly as well. He has cancer. Um, and I was like, you I haven't been able to get back to see him. And I still don't know when I'll be able to get back. And it's it's something that I kind of yes. desperately try and compartmentalize and just not think about really, because there's nothing I can do, um, which is weird. Um, yeah. And yeah, I'm, I'm really glad to hear about the self-care focus. For those of you who know Belinda well or in her communities, uh, she is a very hard worker and I think you sometimes work too hard. Uh, yeah, right back at you, babe. <laughs> yeah, we both, I don't know what's wrong with us. We've talked about this on previous podcasts, but we, we have this compulsion to keep pushing ourselves and pushing ourselves and I don't know where it comes from. Obviously, some deep, dark psychological issues there that we won't go into today. But um, yes. I'm glad. I'm glad that you focused a bit more on you. Um, yeah, mine's is mine are similar. Um, hit me. Uh, hit me. Uh, so I, I mentioned my dad. That wasn't one of my my things I was going to say, but um, I think it's just been a big year of self reflection. You know, I did push through in 2020. You know, I I did a a podcast every day for a month. We did the mastermind. We launched this. We did that. We did be 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 be. Did all the things. And in 2021, I still did a lot, but obviously all my speaking stuff completely went out the window, mm. which honestly is a huge relief because it's a huge expense and it's really tough on the adrenals. And it actually allowed me to actually get on with some work. Um, so I kept everything ticking along. We're going to talk about work a little bit more in a minute. So, um, But in real life, I... Calm down. I just wrote a big blog post about this, so maybe I'll include it in, in the links. But I yes. calm down about everything, about money, about peer pressure, about life, about being a perfect mum, about trying to be a sexy partner, about trying to be fit, about trying to be up on everything. You know, God, our expectations on ourselves oh. are intense, aren't they? Yeah. <sighs> so much. So, so I calmed down. Um, I started going to the gym a lot. God, who are we? I stopped drinking. Uh, for big swathes of the year, didn't manage to be perfect by any means, but totally re-examined my uh, approach to an attitude about alcohol, largely through the alcohol experiment by Annie Grace. I really recommend if you're just want to not necessarily want to give up, but want to have a look at why you drink, how you drink, maybe cut back a little bit. It's amazing. I bought a van um, oh, with my partner. Are so cool. Oh, Belinda, it's been life changing, and and it's. 
I'm going to get a bit philosophical. I reckon we're going to be quite philosophical today. But um, I, you know, I got the van. It's an empty shell. And I have built the interior. Like I have used circular saws and, uh, you know, drills. And I have pocket hole, uh, pocket hole routers and things like that. Basically, that's the wrong thing. And I've just embarrassed myself. <laughs> pocket hole, pocket hole jig. Um, I built walls. You know, I made a bed. I, I built cabinets. I know. And it's one of those things where I'm one of these people who says, I'm not the sort of person who, I'm not the sort of person who can do that. And then I tell myself this story so much that I end up believing it. And so I just changed the script. and was like, I, why, I run a seven figure company. Why can't I build a cabinet and put a sink in it? Like for yeah. God, you know, how hard can it be? It's really, really hard. And I made a lot of mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> and the walls of my van were occasionally splattered with my own blood, but I did it. And it's been life-changing. It makes me feel like I can achieve anything. So yeah, what I was going to say, calm down, lots of health and exercise, alcohol and van were my three things. So there we go. I think I love that because that self-care element, but also for both of us, life outside of work has become oh. way more important and it's such a cliche to go, you got to enjoy the journey. But 2020 <laughs> really hit me in the tit and went, look, if you don't start making some changes, this is the new life and you need to have a bit more fun. And I think yeah. for everyone, if you can't look back and remember the last time you had some genuine fun, you need to make some changes. And I was yeah. definitely in that category. We've talked a lot about this on the podcast, how when it's your own business, it can just eat your life. And there's always more that you can be doing. And, you know, we often look around and see our peers doing things and we think we need to do that. We need to do that. And, you know, I think we come from a position now where we have ticked off a lot of things. So, you know, if you're starting out, yeah, I think there is still that need to hustle and push, maybe not to the extent that Belinda and I did, because we did occasionally burn out and struggle. But, you know, the reason I could, the reason both of us can take a step back a little bit is because we put the work in. Oh yeah, you know what I mean, um, and life is short and all that kind of stuff. I, I guess yeah, we're, we're going to move on and talk about worky stuff anyway. But yeah, but just yeah. quickly before we do, it's just I think you can still work hard. But one thing I've realised that if I prioritise and I get help as well, I can still get great results without working every weekend. Yeah, I don't know what I was doing. Like I have managed during lockdown and all of this to still get my work done and still spend three or four hours working on the van. Before my internet decided to crap itself, I was talking about Parkinson's law and how if you give something three hours, it'll take three hours. If you give something an hour and a half, it'll take one and a half hours. And my problem was, Belinda, I really realised this and this makes me sound such a saddo. I didn't have anything better to do. Um, and I know that obviously, obviously I've got my family, my, my beautiful son and whatever, but I loved my, I love my work and it gives mm. me a sense of purpose and identity. Me and I too. didn't have much outside of work that gave me that same sense of purpose and identity. Um, and that's what I needed to find. I needed to find something that gave me as much dopamine and serotonin as my work did. Um, but there wasn't work. And that's been the van, the gym, the walking, the other, other things. And I'm so glad because I just felt like I was a one-dimensional beast, very successful in business, brilliant, but not ticking many other boxes. And that's been a big change for me. Uh, me too. Absolutely me too. <laughs> but let's, I would just, we just wanted to make that point because it's easy to think, uh, when I get successful, I will start taking time off. When I am successful, I will do these other things, but do them now, everyone. Um, all right, but let's talk about work a little bit. 
And again, stick with the three. What's been happening on the work front for you? Um, so look, not heaps. I had big grand plans as many of us did. I was, you know, I had plans to launch a lot of courses and I had speaking events around the world and I was going to really try and, you know, get more into the European and American market by going to a lot of events over there and speaking about copywriting. That all went away. So what I did instead was I completely kind of went inwards and I totally focused just on the people who were already my members or who were already like in my universe. So I stopped uh, stopped marketing to cold people, stopped top of funnel marketing and just really dug into bottom of funnel. Um, and that worked well. We uh, I, I grew my memberships and our sort of attrition with the memberships dropped away to almost nothing. We've had very few people leave, um, which, you know, I think we've got about 750 people across both memberships and they stayed even throughout financial issues and ups and downs. For me, that's everything. That's, that's really, amazing. Really important. That's definitely yeah, worth I'm celebrating. Really, yeah, it is. It is. I mean, you know, maybe not as many new people as one would have hoped, but I'm, I want the people, do you know what I mean? I want to give back to the people who've given to me. So that was really good. A big part of the year was just improving stuff. So I've completely redesigned the Clever Copywriting School website, my Kate Toon website, all the sales pages, um, we also revamped every template. We've got 50 templates in the shop now and we redid every single one, wow. um, which was huge. I rewrote them, had them proofed. Each template was proofed by six different people. And guess what? Each person found a different mistake. So oh go. my God. And then I finally, I finally, after, what is it? 10 years I've been doing this, 11, launched my first copywriting course. So yeah. I launched my, my sales page course, which is great. It took me an entire year to finish. So I just launched it in uh, beginning of December. It sold out in 12 hours, no, 10 hours, which was great. Um, so that is exciting. I'm very proud of it. I did have three other courses planned. They haven't happened, but they'll happen in 2022. So that was my work stuff, really. Just keeping, keeping on one new thing and a lot of revamping. What about you, Belinda? Nice. Well, I'm in the process of getting a new website. So, you know, these things where you're like, oh, well, if I'm going to, it was a cascading series of tasks. I thought I need to get new headshots. I'm like, well, if I'm going to get new headshots, then it's a good opportunity to look at all my marketing. Um, So a new website's coming. I got new headshots. I'm embracing the label of copy coach. I used to say it quite quietly after copywriter, but I'm really stepping into that. And the process of new website, new copy, new headshots has been a lot of mindset churn for me. So I've kind of looked inwards, but me, (laughs) inwards for me, because I've had to kind of reset my comfort zone and step in, uh, step out of that. And it was it's been tough. I'm not going to lie. We can be pretty mean to ourselves sometimes. And so I've been working on how I think about myself, how I talk to myself, how I show up all as part of the process of, of kind of zhuzhing up my website. So it sounds like a small thing, but it actually turned up to be, to be quite a big thing. And there's a lot of work as well in migrating website platforms. So there's a lot of tech stuff happening Um, Number two for me is team building, letting go, letting go of control, getting help, letting other people do what they do best and boundaries. I think it's been really big for work. So big decisions about how much I work, implementing no work zones and actually sticking to them. Um, But as part of all this kind of stuff, I'm really taking a good hard look at 
what my business looks like, what I want it to look like, and setting myself up for the year to come. So this year's been all about me. And I've really slowed down and thought, actually, this is the new pace and I like it. I like it. Oh, this is beautiful. We needed this time off. You sound like a different person. I, I, I just love it. Um, yeah. And, you know, really thinking about what you want your business to look like. I don't want to go back to old Kate Toon. No. What's that? Um, I, you know, I already have slow Mondays and slow Fridays. Those are my days when I don't have any coaching calls or anything like that. And then I work quite hard Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and I'm happy with that. But, uh, you know, the other thing is like, you know, I stop at three now and make sure that I'm there and present when my son gets home from school and I've made him some snacks. Like lad now he's nearly 13 and God, he needs snacks. Boys <laughs> need snacks. I tell you. Um, and just being, you know, it doesn't, it's not that we sit there and talk about Nietzsche and, and our feelings for an hour. You know, he comes in, eats his snacks, we have a chat and he goes to his room, but it's still, you know, why can't I finish at three? Why not? You know, yes. why do I have to do coaching calls at 7am in the morning? Your podcast can only have me at 10 o'clock at night on a Friday. I'm not going to be on your podcast. You know, yeah. like life is too short. I don't care. My, the number of F-U-C-K's of, of dramatically reduced. I have no more F-U-C-K's to give back. Um, this yeah, is it's, one. it's been a really good year from a work perspective for me because I haven't, I haven't achieved, like if I looked on paper, I'd be like, well, it's not my greatest year, but from a, the way I feel <laughs> about myself and my work, it's been a big year. Yeah. And, and that enables you to then take another leap forward should you choose to sometimes you need to kind of you know like well like little mountain goats going up the mountain sometimes you need to just rest on a plateau for a little bit yeah chew do some grass before you start going back up the mountain or as I'm doing coming back down the mountain I'm I'm done with my mountain I'm coming back down one thing I didn't mention that I probably should um is I actually did some copywriting this year Belinda nice I know. I worked for a coffee company and an immigration agent. Um, it was so good to have that experience again of, you know, going using all my own templates and my processes and practicing what I preach. And it was so horrible as well. Having deadlines, owing people work, failing. Like I was slow. It took me four months to write three sales pages because life and being in that position where I am someone's creature again, and they've given me money and now I have to do a thing is humbling. And it was really yeah. good for me. It's really hard having clients and, you know, they were, they were happy with the copy, but there was some, I, I, one thing I did, I'm babbling. I did a, they wanted a keyword research report, you know, SEO is my jam. And it's been a while since I've done one for someone. So I put together this glorious document. You know, I charged them for about eight hours, but it must have taken me about 26. All the knowledge I've learned, charts, graphs, you know, explaining click-through rate potential and, and featured snippets and, you know, all this stuff. And they're a coffee. They sell coffee. <laughs> they didn't understand the word of it. They were lovely about it, but they were like, so what keywords do we use then? And I was like, oh, don't you want to see the glorious journey it took for me to decide that you Graphs. could use buy coffee online? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> I know. Just um, anyway, so having clients again has been great. I'm going to try and do a couple of copywriting jobs a year, a couple of pro bono jobs a year for charities and things just to, to keep my hand in. Um, mm. Anyway, I'm babbling. 
We wanted to talk about our members and our membership. So I know uh, that you launched uh, a free copywriting group this year. You've also been building your membership. What mm-hmm. what have been topics of conversation in your gang uh, over the last year? So three things that have been coming up a lot over the course of this year, especially in Confident Copywriting, which is my group. Um, first one being VIP days. So hot right now. Um, what do they look like? How do you do them? How do you prepare? How do you price them? Um, will they suit your way of working? We've been having lots of conversations around those. The second one's been voice of customer research. Now, I know when I started out, voice of customer research, interviewing customers, that's what big agencies did. But now it feels like it's becoming a staple part of more regular copywriting projects. So in my group, talking a lot about how you do it, what questions you ask, how long you should take, how to meet objections that clients might have around adding an extra five to seven hours into a quote. So that's another thing. Um, And also kind of ethical and conscious copywriting. We've been having a lot of conversations around what are the common structures and frameworks that we use, formulas like pain, agitate, solution, and how can they be used for good and not so good. Like we want to empower and motivate rather than manipulate people. And so we've been having a lot of conversations around making choices about how you write your copy that might not follow some of the big group trainings. So that's the three three for me. What about you? Uh, yeah, different. Um, for us, it's a perennial questions about, you know, pricing, how to price effectively, uh, you know, how to set a day rate. I must admit, I'm not a big fan of the VIP day. Uh, I must, I must, that's a whole, we could do a, an episode on that um, because lots of reasons. Anyway, but how to price, how to price for agencies, how to price as a subcontractor. You know, um, we talk a lot about money in the group, uh, about profit first, about managing your money, about riding out the feast and famine, which for me is one of the biggest factors of being a successful copywriter is to you know have regular income. Um, a lot about project management. So more businessy things by the sounds of it. Um, project management, how to successfully run a project, what documentation you need each stage, how to avoid endless amends and clients ghosting you and you know, being the being the captain of your copy ship, you know, leading the client, not being your client's creature. Um, and then a lot about personal branding, um, how to stand out from the crowd as a copywriter. There's so many of us, but there is so much work. Uh, so how to be known for something, whether it's a, an industry-based niche, a channel niche, a particular tone of voice, you know, whether you want to be known for VIP days or being an ethical copywriter, you know, just how do you create a memorable brand without sort of sharing pictures of yourself in your underwear and telling every sad story. So yeah, pricing, project management and personal branding. And what's what's interesting about the personal branding is that when a lot of us become copywriters, we're not in, in it to be celebs. We just want to write. And so there's a lot of friction around stepping into a more public version of yourself in order to differentiate yourself. Yes. And I think a lot of uh, copywriters, I know that uh, we would, I think maybe we would refer to ourselves as ambiverts, but at heart, I'm an introvert. You know, it does may not look like that from the persona that you see online, but that's my best self. And, and as you said, I've stepped into the confidence of being who I am. And the hardest part of that is no one 
wants to look like a fool. Um, no one wants to get trolled and, and you know, <laughs> we're all sensitive beasts. Mm. So it can be scary to put yourself out there. But I think it was Hemingway. It probably wasn't. Everything's attributed to Hemingway. It wasn't Hemingway. It might have been George Bernard Shaw. Um, if you want to, uh, something like, if you want to be nothing, I'm going to find the quote. <laughs> If you, wanna, if you don't want to be criticized, be nothing, do nothing, say nothing. Uh, that's paraphrasing it terribly. Um, but yeah, you, you've got to do something, say something and be known for something. And I think this is a 2021 thing again, Belinda, because throughout the 2020 and 2021, we had a lot of uh, social upheaval. Uh, we had some political events, some human rights events, the whole Black Lives Matter issue. You know, it, there's been a lot going on. And I think it, as as copywriters, there can be this thought of, well, well, let's just focus on copywriting. We shouldn't talk about our personal opinions or our values. But, you know, with that ethical copywriting comes the ethics of being who you are and being proud of that and being willing to stand. What are your values? I want to work with someone whose values are aligned with my own. Mm. I don't want to necessarily work with a... Uh, copywriter and then find on social media that they're, you know, not an ally in in the movement, you know, that they are racist or, or that they are sexist or that they are something. Um, and then yeah. find that out after the fact. So I think the separate, the personal part of personal branding is we can no longer say, oh, this is just business. I don't share my Great. personal views. They are one and the same. And I think that's so challenging in this modern world with this whole divert, divert <laughs> you know, the kind of, the, the, you know, the issues around um, whether you have your injection or not and just everything yeah. today yeah. seems to cause an argument. You know, you, I, I put this post up in my Misfit Entrepreneur group of a picture of an egg and I said, here's an egg. And that was all I said. And the group is very fun and sarcastic. So everyone started to argue and say, that's, you're, you are sharing an unrealistic representation of eggism <laughs> that no one can aspire to you know that is not an egg that is a chicken baby uh you know eggs that egg is too oval it's photoshop you know just everyone yeah. got into it and it was every comment that you see on facebook and 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 if people can argue over a picture of an egg even co comedically they can argue over everything and i think that's what challenges people about personal branding that was yeah. a long segue sorry no yeah. i love it because it's <laughs> you don't have to necessarily make a big deal out of it but as your business develops you have to ask yourself what's important to you yes. where are your boundaries what are your lines when will you say yes and when will you absolutely say no and for me i haven't always known the answer to that but with big social issues that are happening i'm like oh yeah no i definitely know what where my line is on that. But other things have just evolved as my experience and my business has evolved. But I think it's important to ask yourself those questions because you want to, as you said, Kate, you want to work with people who aren't diametrically opposed to you. Exactly. It doesn't mean getting on a soapbox. It doesn't mean being a celebrity. It, those things are not personal branding. It's just trying for your business persona to be as close to your own persona as possible because once it is it's so easy everything becomes easier every post you write is on brand everything you do is on brand because you are your brand anyway let's move on I think we were going to talk about uh, the festive season yes <laughs> I want to know what you're up to like um you know we've talking about self-care but are you slowing down over Christmas because it's a good time to take a break good time to get some work done as well. What are you doing? Yeah, that's a hard one, isn't it? Well, my uh, ex-husband who I live with, there we go, a little bit of personal stuff there. Uh, we are nesting 
three years going strong is having his hip removed or not removed it's gonna be replaced they're gonna put another (laughs) one back in i hope (laughs) just gonna have no hips moving forward Uh, (laughs) so I am going to be playing a nursemaid to him, which is going to be fabulous because obviously he's an excellent patient. Um, And yes, I am, uh, you know, I've cleared the week of the 20th and the first week uh, back and then hopefully traveling to Singapore to see my best friend who has been stranded in Singapore without his partner for nearly two years now. So hopefully all of that. I did plan to take the whole of December off, but because of life, things that were supposed to happen in November got pushed back into December. Um, I am hoping quietly to revamp my 10-day SEO challenge, which was the thing that started all of this, Belinda, this whole, mm. uh, it was my first ever thing. And I this, just this morning, with the clarity I have from not drinking and being such a healthy cow at the moment, I finally had the idea for my next book. And so what I would love to do is do, you know, the way you love the morning pages. Yeah. I kind of want to do that, but with the theme of the book. So just come in every morning, maybe 6am till 7am and just free write for an hour. I'd love to, then, you know, by the end of that, I'll have some material to start my next book. So that's oh, that's doing. cool. Yeah, I'm very excited. And I'm not going to talk about it because I talked about my other idea to death to the point where I don't want to write it anymore. So this one I'm keeping under my hat. What about you? What are you going to be doing? Well, I usually like to take a break over Christmas, but that's usually because I am a willowy husk of a human by Christmas, thanks to <laughs> burnout. But this year I'm feeling really good. So for me, um, I'm I'm working through, but that's because, you know, the chance to migrate my website to a new platform, it's good mm. if everyone else is busy and no one's logging in. But I'm also yeah. migrating my email systems, Um there's a lot of back-end tech stuff that I want to get through. I hope through. your person gets SEO. We don't want to lose that domain authority. We yes. Might on that. That's okay. right. So there's a lot of, it's not a simple operation. There's a lot of things yeah. that have to be considered. Um, I'm also giving my copywriting course a complete overhaul and rebrand. Which that is such a big job. I know, like I'm not just, I usually I check in every year and I zhuzh up some examples. This year I am taking that apart and reassembling it that's what I'm doing with mine and it's so hard because you'll find the same as me like I'm like it so needs a redo and then you look at it and you go actually it's not that bad (laughs) what do I change yeah yeah (laughs) but yeah I'm giving it a new name a new look a new order and I'm really excited about that but but I have to sit in my chair and actually do the work. Yeah. Um, so for me, it's a lot of things like that. But what I am going to be doing is because I want to hit January, I've I've got a few things that happening between January and March that the reason I want to get all this done kind of over the holidays is to leave my first quarter clear for these other things happening. And so what I want to do is I want to say, well, I'm going to work this many hours per day and then I'm stopping. And then I'm going to do something fun. So I'm really going to try and be strict with myself and find the balance so I don't get to New Year's Day going, I'm exhausted again. What did I That's do? It. That sounds great. Like So like, you know, if, if you get your three hours done, then you can go and do your fun thing. We had yeah. a great, great dude come into a clever copywriting community called Chris Bello. He's actually a real estate agent. And he works on this point system where he gives everything he does points and he has a score that he would like to reach each day. Um, so, for example, recording a podcast would be two points. Uh, closing a deal uh, for a house sale would be five points. So 
he's not necessarily measuring productivity or whatever, but it's like, what's enough? When's enough enough? You know, like, and and, and also assigning points by really what difference they're going to make to his business, not just financially, but you know, what's the impact? So crapping around on Instagram for an hour is only half a point because what big impact is that? You know what I mean? It was such a different way of looking at it. Oh, I love this. Yeah, I haven't quite implemented it. Um, it's something that we're, you know, I hope to implement next year. But um, I yeah, love the that, idea of going. Well, I can do one big, juicy, high priority yes. thing, or yeah. I can kind of mess around with some admin for three times as long. Exactly, and also thinking about your energy levels, like recording a podcast, doing a masterclass, coaching. Those are high energy level activities. Mm. And and I'll sometimes have this day scheduled by my team. It's my fault as well. Where there's five hours of coaching, you know, there's a masterclass, then some hot seats, then, you know, doing a critique of someone's website and then a and a with like 70 people. And yeah. it's like, that is too much in a day. I'm only yeah, I can't human. do that. And, th- and then the next day I'm dead. So yeah, uh, I love the idea of prioritizing and putting limits on the hours worked. I think that's great. I'm so excited. I'm interested to know what the other things are in February and March, but I'm guessing you're not going to tell us because you're kind of mysterious about that. Yeah, I am. I'm going to be mysterious. And you know, it's hard for me because I'm I'm terrible at keeping secrets about stuff I'm excited about. (laughs) But that's great because, you know, people can't criticize stuff they don't know about and they can't poo on your bonfire. And it's, it's, it's nice to kind of go in your burrow and then come out, you know, like for like a, what is it? My analogies are terrible. Like one of those wormy things that goes into like a gooey thing and then turns into a chrysalis and a cocoon. Yep. Um, For some reason I thought of peacock and I was like, no, I don't think that's the (laughs) one. Peacocks (laughs) peacocks don't go in cocoon. Uh, Maybe they do. Maybe there's a secret life of peacocks where they're all in cocoons. Um, Anyway, let's move on from cocoons. We're going yeah. to do some listener, listener questions. Who we got first? Yeah, this one is from your clever copywriting membership, actually, Diana Lapolo. And I'm going to read you the question, then you answer it first. Okay. Diana says, I'd love to know what your take is on how to best communicate our value to attract higher paying gigs in our marketing and sales process. Great question. Yeah, I mean, look, I still believe that your website is your hub and um, that it really needs to be the absolute tits, you know, like I don't think you can get away with the cobbler's shoes thing of I'm so busy writing for my clients, my own website's appalling. Um, you know, I, I think that you should on your website treat it like your best client, you know, consider that each of your services pages is a full sales page, you know, whether you want it to be or not, it needs to, you know, have that problem agitate solution. You need to articulate what people get, who it's for. You need the proof. You know, I want the testimonials. I want the results. I want the case studies and I want to know about you. So I think, you know, you need to thread you through everything. You need to be confident about tooting your own horn so that by the time someone gets to pick up the phone, it's, you know, they're ready to make a purchase. People like buying stuff. And when people call you and when they email you to ask for the quote, they're really looking for affirmation that they're about to make a good and sensible purchase choice. They're mm. looking for you to reassure them. Um, at some point, I think it's fine to have pricing on your site. You don't need to price everything, but you can give indicative pricing for one of your productized services. That also just sets that bar. And a lot of it is going to be to do with proof. People want to see people who had similar problems to them that you have solved. So, you know, logos, testimonials, case studies, videos, results. 
I think all of those help communicate higher value. But you know, the most important thing of all of it is just your confidence in yourself, your boundaries, um, how you communicate, when you communicate. You know, if you are answering emails at the checkout in Coles because you're frantic to get the job, um, it's not a good look. If you send a quote, the client questions it and you immediately discount your offer, it's not a good look. Mm-hmm. If you you know, say to the client, you're only available these days, but then suddenly you're taking phone calls on Sunday night, it's not a good look. So confidence speaks of value. I think you have to value yourself before your clients are going to value you. Yeah, absolutely. I agree a hundred percent. What I would add to that is all those things that Kate, you just said, this is what you need to have on your website. You also need to put all those things out into your public facing marketing consistently. Mm. The results you get, the projects you're working on, the social proof, explaining your process, sharing information that positions you as an expert and an authority, just someone who knows what they're talking about. Doing that consistently, not once, not twice, but all the time, that just creates a digital footprint that is just soaked in the value that you offer. I love that. I mean, really, if you looked at your own website and you've done a good job on it, you could sit, work through each page of your site and generate 30 to 50 posts from the content on your own site. Every testimonial, the copy on your homepage, the copy on your services page can all be tweaked and turned into social media posts. And then you know that you are literally ticking off all those proof points. Um, The next question is from your Confident Copywriter membership. It's from Sean Chamberlain. And he asks, very pertinent to this episode, how do you balance the need to make money with the desire to do meaningful work? And this is like, again, this is what we've been talking about a lot as people have been looking inwards and going, what do I want from my life? And I would say there's there's no reason you can't have both. And when you are looking at the work that has meaning for you, you need to be clear on who that's for. So you need to be clear on your revenue goals, like how much do you actually want to earn? And these kind of vague success metrics that we often see in copywriting can be quite toxic. So I always recommend people crunch some numbers about how much you actually want to earn to break even, to pay bills, to be comfortable. But then also when it comes to doing meaningful work, be strategic in your marketing. And you can have both. Be clear about who you want to write for, what kind of work you want to do, and the kind of choices that you make in your copywriting. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think meaningful is an interesting word. Uh, I think on first glance, you might think that meaningful is about, you know, purpose-driven content or content for causes and charities. But there is meaning in all copy. You know, Mm -hmm. there is meaning in helping an accountant grow their business uh, by two new clients. That's changing their life. That's enabling them to have a nicer life, pay for their kids' karate lessons. So I think find the meaning in all the work. There is always meaning there. You know, (laughs) as you said, um, you know, be realistic about your financial goals. These pointless people that throw out, I want to hit 10K a month. I want to hit this much or whatever. Why? What do you need to earn to pay your bills? What do you want to earn to live the life that you want? How long are you willing to give it? I think the biggest problem I see with um, aspiring and perspiring copywriters is this impatience. Mm. You know, it takes a while. It took me three years till I felt like I was really at a point where this was going to be sustainable and I could keep doing it. And it took maybe seven years to the point where I could really pick and choose and, you know, 
one of the ways I do meaningful work in that classic sense is that I will take a couple of pro bono clients a year. You know, I allow nine people to join my membership a year for free um, if they're from minority groups or, or struggling financially. Those are different ways to give back and give meaning um, to my work, but it's not directly doing meaningful work, if that makes sense. You know, I'm not writing the letter for a charity, but I am letting that charity have something free from me. It's it's different ways of looking at it, but yeah, find the meaning in all the work, I would say. Um, so that was Sean's question. The next one, I think you've got, I've got people. one from Jacinta Marshall, who I think is yeah. in your group, a little tic-tacking here. I always love listening <laughs> to this podcast. Thank you, Jacinta. And I would love to know the challenges and benefits of working together as two copywriters located in different parts of the world, trying to get together to produce a podcast. It's wow. so hard. It, it's hard for time zones um, yeah. and also because we've both got families and also because we're both trying to live lives now. So in the early days, we really pushed it. You know, um, we had no idea what we were doing. We were, do, we were trying to do a lot of episodes. Organizing interviews was the hardest mm. uh, because then you have like this triangle of, of time schedules. Uh, you know, people in, Belinda's in the US, I'm in Australia. You know, we're interviewing people in Europe. It's a nightmare. Um, we actually found that from our stats and from feedback that the interviews weren't as popular as the solo episodes. So that took some pressure off us. Um, but it is hard. I think when we're at our best, we uh, have similar views, but sometimes opposing and it's really harmonious. Um, when we're at our worst, it can be just quite clashy and it's hard to communicate online. So there can be sometimes be miscommunications or interpretations that weren't meant yeah. we've worked really hard on that over the last 47 years of we done. have I mean even the last <laughs> couple of years we've we've had adult conversations and I we think have. if you are going to work with a partner whether they're in a different time zone or they're in your city you have to be prepared to have difficult conversations to clear the air to set expectations and to make sure you're both still getting something out of it yeah, we've grown up a lot together. Both of us have, you know, I think improved our emotional intelligence, improved our sort of rationalnessness. Yes. Uh, and 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 I'm glad. I'm <laughs> yes, we could have paid for a $1,000 mastermind or got some fancy coach, but we've been each other's coaches over the years and we've resolved a lot of difficult, weird stuff that we won't even go into, but just stupid stuff where our minds went off on tangents and, 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 you know, we've resolved a lot together. So, mm. you know, it's, it, I think we've grown as business humans. Don't you Belinda? Like yes. God, compared to who we were when we started, we didn't really know each other at all. So yeah. <laughs> no, we thought that would make it easier, but as we got to know each other, it proved to be more difficult, but it's been so good. And I think what happens is every time we actually get face to face, we realize, oh my God, I really do like you. We are really, <laughs> this is really fun together. And I think that's another part of it is when you're working with someone, go try and keep it fun. You do. And uh, just one final point on that. I think Belinda and I have been very open about our, our confidence and our imposter syndromes and our insecurities as our confidence as individual business owners has grown, uh, as our understanding of our own values and what we bring has grown, we have worked better together. Yes. Because in the early days, I think we thought we were, the, we were exactly the same and we we're almost together, but competing. And now I think we realize that we're not in competition with each other at all. We're very different people. We can do nothing about who likes one and who likes the other. It doesn't matter if we have similar offerings. People are going to just make choices or choose both of us. But we did not know that in the beginning. So I think 
working with someone who has a similar level of confidence to you is crucial and accepting that you're going to evolve over the time into different people, like a, like a marriage, like a relationship. You're not yeah. who you are when you start. So you're my business that's a great wife. question. You're my business wife. Exactly. You're my business mistress. <laughs> I like that better. That's far more exciting and illicit. Well, we've got an- another great question here. This is from Pia Payne, who's a member of the Confident Copywriter membership. And she says, feast or famine. When work is coming in, you're too busy to take it on, but you fear the famine. What do you do, Belinda? Okay. I'm just going to jump in. It's Pia. So, and that you didn't know that I called her Pia Sorry, for ages. Pia. And then she went, um, it's actually Pia. I was like, oh, thank God you told me. <laughs> so with this one, this is going to be a little bit woo, but if you're doing the solid work to keep your skills sharp, you're doing the marketing work consistently to position yourself as someone who offers values and can be trusted, and you're getting regular work in, you have to trust the process. When you're doing that work and the leads are coming in, you have to tell yourself, well, I can set up a wait list and you can wait, but if you want the work done quicker, I'm happy to pass the lead on, knowing that uh, the work will still come in. And so it's that kind of trusting that when you're doing the hard yakka of the marketing and the craft and all that kind of stuff, the leads will keep coming. You just have to have, I was going to say you have to have faith, but you have to have a little bit of a strong talk with yourself. Oh, absolutely. Uh, And I think there's practical ways that isn't, it it sounds woo, but it's also practical. Sit down. As we said before, we're talking about Sean, what do you want to earn each month? What kind of projects do you need to take on to earn that money? How many of them do you need? How are you going to get them? Uh, Where are they living at the moment? Who should you be marketing to? Map out the next three months, what money is coming in and then look for gaps and ramp up your energies in that area. Too often I see people talking about famine and then I say, okay, well, what have you done to market? What what products are you selling? What's Mm. your big push at the moment? They're like, well, I don't know. I just do copy. Okay. Well, that's hard for me as a consumer to digest. What does that mean? Tell them, package it for me, price it for me. Where are you marketing this? Who? How many people have you talked to in the last month about what you do? How many podcasts have you been on? How many social media posts have you made? How many emails have you sent? And, it, you know, doing the work, as you yeah. said, if you do the work, the work will come. And I think the problem is, is people don't do the work and then they're like, why isn't the work coming? It's like, <laughs> it's chicken and egg people. So yeah. it's, it, it, it's, it is have faith and uh, in the process, but also have faith in yourself as well. Have that consistent approach and it, and it will work. I love that. And I'm sorry, Pia. Um, everyone calls me Kate and it's actually Kate. But, um, <laughs> I, I've just, I've just lived with it from now. Um, and that, I'm not taking the piss. I'm just being silly. And the next question is from, oh no, it's you. It's yeah, the last no, question. This, one. this is Mariska, Mariska Threadgold. It's not a good name. I know. I love it. Threadgold. Threadgold. I mean, that second name is is a dream. It's even yes. better than tune. And I'm Sorry, assuming Mariska's in your clever copywriting school. She is, yeah. um, and she starts with, woohoo, great to have it back. Uh, would love to get two top tips each from you and Belinda on moving a new business forward in this brave new world, please. So I'm assuming we're talking about this COVID world, but, you know, I feel yeah. like a lot of the challenges we have now not that different to the challenges we always have. So let's have two tips. 
two tips. Tip one is, uh, I think, embracing that personal brand. We've talked about it already. You know, stop hiding behind some pun on words that is your business name. Um, you know, get your name out there. Get you out there. Your values, what you're into. Share some, you know, fun stuff that you like. You know, you love. Take that. Start talking about take that. You're obsessed with guinea pigs. Talk about it. You know, people are people are people. So they want to find people who they like and trust and feel like they know. So personal branding, I think, is is big. Um, I think in terms of you know, this brave new world and connection and, and digital media, I still think that the biggest thing in digital media moving forward is going to still be video um as much as possible live videos. We have so many opportunities now with reels and TikTok and Facebook lives and LinkedIn lives and Instagram stories to talk directly to your audience, to let them see the cut of your jib. We are writers, but uh, the biggest part of having a successful copywriting business is not the words you write on the page. It's the relationship you have with the client. And that mm-hmm. starts on social media, you know, so get your little face out there. Even if you're awkward, I should share my first ever video I did on YouTube. It's an embarrassment. Um, I still am embarrassing on videos, but at first no one's watching. So make videos like no one's watching because they aren't. And over time you'll get more and more confident. So personal branding and video would be my uh, two tips. What are yours, Belinda? I love those. All right. I'm going to try and think of two that add to that. I would say always be marketing. A lot of copywriters are like, oh, I'm too busy now. So I'm going to stop, stop marketing myself and I'm going to just write. And then the work dries up. So always be marketing, even if you're busy. We've talked about a couple of things in this episode about building your digital footprint and those should be happening all the time. That is how you keep that momentum. That is how you keep the leads coming in. The other thing I think is just keep doing good work. That means investing in your skills. And it might not be in a course, it might not be money, but it might be in practice. It might be intention. But if you want to get into a niche, if you want to charge more and take on the kind of projects that earn clients money, what skills do you need? Invest in those and keep your skills sharp. But also in delivering good work, that means delivering a good experience. Make it easy for the client. Give them the safety of a process. Be the copywriting lead in your own project. And when you have those kind of things systematized, love that word, systematized, we're all about the process and the systems here, then your brain isn't carrying those lists around. That means you have capacity to delight and add extras to form stronger bonds with clients because that is how a strong word of mouth network happens too. When you're not just delivering the basics, you're delivering not only solid copy, but a great experience of working with you. And I think these are just things that you can look after, improve, invest in, and be intentional with so that you leave a great reputation behind you. So always be marketing and deliver good work. Love it. Boom. (gasps) Turn those into little memes, I think. Yes. Um, Well, that we're done. Those are all the questions. uh, And we've covered off what we're doing. We've talked about what we're going to be doing. We kind of talked about Christmas. What's your, I I want to ask one more question. This isn't scripted. Belinda will go mad. So you're not going to tell us your secret plans uh, for the early part of the year, but do you have any kind of like big 
goals or, or words that you're putting out there for 2022? What's 2022 going to be about for you? More of the same, more, more self-reflection and self-care or what's the plan? Well, you know, like I love me a theme word. And normally I'm like, I already know my theme word, but I don't know my theme word. The vibe that I want 22, 2022 to have for me is I feel like I've I've reestablished a better baseline for work and self-care. And so I want to make sure that that stays firm. I want, I want more unscalable conversations. I want to get to know people just like you had in this year, Kate, like getting to know people on a more personal level. I want to bake that into my business. And so it's not going to be like, I'm going to be launching some things and there's going to be new looks and websites and stuff. But at the heart of it, I want to focus on nurturing relationships. So that's what I've got in my mind so far. I love that. That was similar for me. I mean, I feel that that's kind of where I was this year. I want to keep that going, keep that good vibe going. Um, I, I think I've let go of some of the more egotistical parts of my business, the speaking. And they're useful. I'm not saying it's just about ego, but the speaking and the performance and that kind of stuff. I want to go back in my burrow. You know, I'll, I'll, I really want to write my new book. I'm launching my new podcast, which is going to go along with the book. I, I just want to I just want to stay at home, do good work and connect with the people who I've connected with. That sounds really lame, but like, I love being in my membership and just chatting with the people, you know, and yeah, new people joining in and fresh voices. That's great, but I'm happy with what I've got. So it's my word for the year is definitely not scale. <laughs> it's, uh, maybe it's descale. I don't know. It's, it's, I don't know what it is. Burrow. That's going to be my word. I want to be in my burrow with all oh, my people nice. just doing the work. I'm, like, there I mean, we I'm, go. I'm excited to do lots of new things and I'm excited to grow and expand, but I don't want it to come at the cost of yes. my sanity, my emotional health, my mindset, or the relationships with yeah. people. I think mine is, my business is just a scale where I know that it's at its limit. And to go any bigger than I am is going to require a, a, a you know a, a mammoth effort, and I don't have that in me. So I built the business I always wanted, and I, now I need to try and enjoy it. <laughs> oh, I love that. Well, on that note, everyone, we're going to say goodbye. Thank you for listening. Hopefully, you're catching this um, before <laughs> before Christmas. Um, hopefully, we can get it out before Christmas. Now. We did. We don't have any plans to start a regular schedule. We were like, there's an episode every two weeks, rain, hail or shine. And we don't have that plan. But you know what, Kate? I loved this chat. So I think yeah. we should do it again. Maybe we'll get randomly special episodes. You know, yeah, I'm feeling I'm feeling a Valentine's Day episode might be good. It's not about copy love, something about copy love. And I'd also love to do an episode about those VIP days. So uh, there's a couple of ideas. If you've got any ideas for episodes, head to the Facebook page, Hot Copy Podcast, or Twitter. Um, I'm not sure where else we are. <laughs> Just email us. We're everywhere. Um, yeah. And tell us what you'd like us to talk about. Um, but I think that I think those are a couple of ideas that I would love to chat about. I'd love to hear. Well, make about no them. promises, so convince no, us. No, okay. 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 <laughs> I'm keen. She's not keen. We She's know. To... I am dead keen, but you know what? She's got stuff to do in February, March. Secret stuff. She's too busy for us. This is our trap when we go, let's do it. I know. I know because we're excited. And you know what? I'm glad that we're still excited about all of this. We're not just crusty old copywriters sitting on our plinth. Flow, flowing ideas down to the hoi polloi. We're still in here. We're still in the arena. You know, we're, we're, we're wrestling the tigers. 
and, um, and, and long may we continue. They're smaller tigers than they used to be. Slightly tired tigers. But we're still there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what All I'm right, well, Yes, until you hear from us again, happy writing. Bye-bye, Kate. Bye-bye, Bill. Thanks for listening right to the end. If you enjoyed this podcast, you might enjoy my two other podcasts. I have one called The Recipe for SEO Success, which is all about SEO tips, advice, and helping you grapple the Google beast. And my other, The Confessions of a Misfit Entrepreneur, which is all about dealing with the stresses of running your own business. You can find both of them on iTunes and Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. <laughs>